Well, we want to we kick off the new year uh, with this series called Your Verse, and I am so excited about this series um, because over these next six weeks, starting today, I'm going to be sharing with you each week uh, one of the life verses from one of our staff members, and I'm kicking off today by sharing mine, but each week, you're going to hear from one of our staff about uh, that life verse, and we've done, uh, shot some video, and our, lab, our, our, our staff will share a short testimony of why that verse is important to them. Uh, but one of the things we've discovered on the journey is that God has given us along the way his word to stand on. And, and our encouragement to you, again, is that not only that you'll find your verse, but you'll be able to claim that verse. Uh, we hope during the course of these six weeks, again, you'll write that verse out on the, uh, out on the board, include it with all of the others and, and as we take this journey together. But each week, I want to unpack these verses and why they're so powerful in our lives and how they can challenge you as well. Um, so take out your sermon outline. We're, we're going we're gonna to jump right to it. When I started thinking about this, one of the things, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's, it's easier to read the Bible and think about other people than it is to think about yourself. Come on, how many of you have ever read a verse of scripture and you were thinking about someone, you go, I wish they were reading this this morning. And so I thought, you know, probably for a life verse, it might be easier for us to find life verses for other people than it would be for us. Can we have a little fun with this this morning? Is it okay to have fun in church? Is that, that all right? No. If not, you might want to leave because we're going to have a little bit of fun, okay? Can we do this? I, I thought if, if, if you could pick a life verse for someone else and you wanted to get them a little bit, what would you pick? Well, here's one some husbands might pick for their wives. A nagging wife is like water going drip, drip, drip on a rainy day. Proverbs 21.9. Any husbands brave enough to raise your hand and say, yes, I would pick that one. <laughs> oh, you're a dead man. <laughs> you're a dead man. Well, wives, would you, what, what would you pick for your husband? Well, I think some wives might pick this one. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. <laughs> In fact, some of us would like to rewrite that and say, would you do something without grumbling and arguing? Huh? Now, how many parents do we have here? How, you want to pick one for your kids? I thought of this one. Here we go. If you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out into total darkness. <laughs> uh, you guys might want to commit that one to memory. <laughs> you might just want to keep that in the back of your head. Okay, how, how many of you are like me? I am not a morning person. I'm, an, I'm, more, of an, I'm more of an afternoon and evening. I don't really like to bother God before 10 a.m. You know, how many of you are like me? Yeah. How many, how many of you evil morning people do we have here? <laughs> Yeah, some, and I don't fully understand that, but you know, they are, and I thought, you know, here's something I would like to say to people who are morning people, throw it up on the screen, a loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. <laughs> yeah, I know you're happy in the morning, but can you kind of keep it to yourself, you know, can you get, how many of you know someone who talks too much, who talks all the time? You ever have one of verse you want to give to them? I got one for you. Here you go. This left. Even fools are thought wise when they keep their mouth shut. With their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. Now, some of you, I know you're writing these down because you're going to send these to somebody and go, God gave me a life verse for you. Well, my life verse came to me um, many years ago, and I think it actually became my life verse in 1974. When God was really doing uh, some work uh, in me about my relationship with him, because at, at that stage of my life, can I be honest, I, I didn't really want to, 
I didn't really want Jesus as Lord. I just wanted him as a savior. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to know that I was going to heaven. But I didn't really want to change some things in my life. And in a, some upheaval that God did in me and some really good work that God did in me and is still doing in me, I came across this verse and it really became a life verse and one that for both Wanda and I, we've, we've leaned into a lot through the years. And it's from Jeremiah 29, 13. Throw it up on the screen. Would you read it out loud with me, church? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now, there are two really great truths out of this verse that God, re that God gives us. And here's the first one. First off, God wants to be found. He wants to be found. You know, I think sometimes we get the image that God is hiding behind a cloud somewhere or, you know, we've got to jump through all of these hoops to find God and all of this stuff. But it, 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 God isn't playing hide and go seek. Um, he, he has made himself available to us. Again, it's one of the reasons why we, we, we have his word, you know, we'll talk about in a second, you know, is he, he, wants, he wants us to discover him. In fact, you know, I, I wrote my devotion today on this verse, throw it up on the screen. Read it with me, church. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we weren't smart enough to understand God in heaven, and we, we, our arms weren't long enough to knock on the door of heaven. And so God became flesh and made his home here so that we could know him. Look at me. God wants to be found by you. Amen? He wants to be found. The second part of that, and I think we can, a lot, lot of us can relate to, is God also wants to be fully experienced. He wants to be fully experienced. You know, God says in, in, in this verse, he said, you will seek me and find me. Y'all, you can discover me. You can, you know, you, I can be found by you. But he goes, you can, you will seek me and find me when you search for me. How? All of your heart. And, and when I, when I was reflecting on this, one of the things that hit me is, I, I'll, I'll be honest, there are times I, I haven't sought God with all of my heart. Times I haven't opened up my life to him. In fact, when I, when I think about this, I, I often go back to this incredible quote by Wilbur, Wilbur Reese. I think the first time I ever read it was in an old Chuck Swindoll book that I was reading, but I just thought, man, this was so descriptive. He says, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love a black man. Or pick beets with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. And I think sometimes that's kind of how we approach God. You know, we, we, we don't want all of these, but, but God's saying, you know, I want you to fully experience who I am and all that I have to offer you, all that I want to do in you and all that I want to do through you. That's what this verse is all about. I love how Paul described it in Ephesians. Throw that up on the screen. Paul said, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love is. Read it with me. 
And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great for you to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That last sentence, would you read it again? Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's what he has for you. I don't want you this year to only get $3 worth of God. I don't want you to just have a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. My prayer for us this year is that we will fully experience God in all of the ways that he has for us. So I asked the question, what does it mean to seek him with all of our heart? What does that look like? I'm glad you asked. You ready? Here we go. Let me give you a few thoughts. Here's the first one. We have to make the time and the effort to discover him. You got to make the time and the effort to discover him. When I push you to read, study, reflect on God's word, it's not so that you become Bible scholars. I want you to do this so that you discover God. I want you to discover him. He wrote this stuff down so that he could reveal himself to, who, to us who don't really understand him. That's why he gave us his word. Uh, I, I was thinking about this, and I, I wrote these notes, and I put it, I put it in your, in, in your, uh, uh, on your sermon outline. I said, you know what? We, we, won't, we won't serve a God that we don't love, and we can't love a God that we don't know. I, I, can't, I can't help you love God. But what I can do is give you the opportunity to get to know him. And here's what I'll tell you. As you get to know him, you'll fall in love with him. When I read God's word and I and I read how great his grace is and how patient he is with me, when I think about the fact that God knows every single thing about me, and he loves me anyway, I got to tell you, that's overwhelming for me. And that makes me love him. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes you just have to reconnect to that. Um, when Juan and I were dating, you guys will love this. You know, when, when Juan and I were dating, I was uh, at Gulf Coast Bible College, and she attended this heathen school called Anderson University. That's a, <laughs> one of our other church scholars, called Anderson University up in Indiana. And after we fell in love and we decided we wanted to be together, uh, this is back before the internet. It's back before cell phones. Um, it was, I think it's actually before push-button phones. I think it was all rotary dial back then. And uh, we had to try to stay connected. So we used to, we used to, we would write. You guys, I don't know, you don't know that. We, we used to actually write letters to each other. And we wrote, like almost every day, we wrote letters to each other. But then Wanda had this really great idea. This is back in the days of cassette tapes. So one day, Wanda sends me this cassette tape in the mail. And on one, it was 30 minutes of listening to Wanda's voice and telling me about her week, telling me about things that she was going. And then, you know, she'd get past the news and then she would get to the real important stuff. I love you so much. <laughs> Just killing me. Killing me softly with her song. 
<laughs> I know you got. You guys don't know that. That's back when music was good. <laughs> but we, see, and so then I, I would flip the tape over, and then I would record thirty minutes, and I would send it back to her. And then she would do. She would send me another tape and do that. In fact, well, one of the things I, I didn't realize is that she kept all of those tapes and uh, had them. And I didn't know it. Had them on our little box thing at home. And then one day, many years later, twenty years later, twenty-five years later, one says we were living in Phoenix, and I was on a trip out of town. Wanda had a conference. It was like a forty-five minute or hour drive. She decided I'm going to get those tapes out and play them on my way back and forth to the conference. Now, those of you who know Wanda and I, I'm, I'm the ho- usually the hopeless romantic in our life. You know, I'm, I'm the guy who loves, you got mail, you know, and uh, I'm, I, just, I love that stuff. And, and Wanda, I mean, she's, she does love me, and she, she's more of a head person, and I'm more of a heart person. That's just kind of how it is. But it, I'm usually the hopeless romantic in our, in our, in our marriage. And, uh, but what was funny was, as, as I would talk to her beginning to throughout the week, she was talking about listening to these tapes and what was happening for her, you know, listening to them. And finally, the, the, the day I was coming home, I'm, I'm talking to her. And she goes, Steve, I've listened to these tapes. She goes, I, I forgot all of that stuff. And, and she goes, you know, listening to this, it's, it's just made me fall in love with you all over again. Oh, come home quickly. <laughs> and I'm like getting on this plane going, how fast can this plane go? <laughs> I'm like, I got one arm out the window. You know, we're just kind of, we're kind of doing this. Like, ah, I can't, I can Oh, I just got to get a kiss. Um, uh, it, you know, it, it was just one of those things. But, but you can understand, it's not, it's not that we, you know, she didn't love me. But hearing that again, remembering again, brought her back. And, and I'm telling you, that's how it is with the word of God. Sometimes, come on, it's just us. Sometimes we've been Christian so long, we just forgot how much our Father really does love us. Amen? Um, I, I love what he says in Psalms. Psalms, throw it up on the screen. Read it with me, church. Open my eyes to see the wonderful things in your word. I hope that's your prayer. What else do we do? Uh, another way that we, that we seek him with all of our heart is that we invite him into all aspects of our lives. All aspects of our lives. Now, again, if, if we're really honest, one of the things we often do with God is compartmentalize him. We let God in here, but not over here. And one of the things that we say, seeking with all of our heart, it's, it's inviting God into all those places. One of my favorite books, how many of you have ever read it? In His Steps. How many of you have ever read that book? Great old book by Charles Shelton. I think we have it in our resource library here. It's a great old book where a church asked the question, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus treat his spouse? How would Jesus treat his kids? How would Jesus treat his parents? How would Jesus be as a businessman? How would he conduct his business? How would he treat customers? In other words, it was opening the door saying, what, how would Jesus live in inviting God into all aspects of our lives? And my challenge to you is this. I know there are probably some places you've had a hard time opening up to God, but loving him with all your heart is saying, Lord, I know you need to do some work with me on this. You know, one verse of scripture that may be a great life verse for some of us, Proverbs 3, throw it up on the screen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Read it with me, church. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path. Seek his will in what? All you do. Let that thought simmer with you this week. 
and see where God might lead you to. How do we seek him with all of our heart? We give him priority above all else. We give him priority above all else. Here's my question to you, and think about this for a second. Not do you believe in God, but is he really the most important thing in your life? Is he really the most important thing in your life? I'm old. I get that. And I know some of you will have no idea who I'm talking about. But how many of you remember the great um, Paul Harvey? Oh, lots of you do. Okay. He had a radio show. He, he just a fantastic man. Had great stuff to say. Several years ago, Paul Harvey was talking about um, the Butterball company that makes the turkeys. And he was talking about the fact that Butterball created a 1-800 number uh, that they put in place around November so that if people had questions on how to cook one of their turkeys, they could call 1-800-BUTTERBALL and they would have, get somebody who would tell them, you know, how long to cook it or how to do this or how to do that. And uh, something probably some of us probably should have called from time to time. Um, but it was really because they were telling all of these stories. Uh, the Butterball kept telling all of these stories of these <laughs> calls that they would get that they thought were so fascinating. One call that they, they talked about, that Paul Harvey talked about that day, he was talking about a woman who called the 1-800-BUTTERBALL. And she asked the question to the person answering the phone, if I have had a turkey in my freezer... How long is it good? And the person said, well, uh, if it's been kept frozen, they can stay good for a good while. Uh, How long have you had the turkey in your freezer? And she said, well, I just found it, kind of buried at the bottom. And she goes, my best guess is about 23 years. (laughs) And the Butterball employee said, well, if you've had it 23 years, uh, if it's been frozen, it's probably edible, but I'm not sure it's going to be very tasty. I'm sure after 23 years that probably a lot of the flavor of the turkey is probably gone now. So it's probably, you probably could eat it, but you probably wouldn't want to. And the woman said, that's what I thought you'd say. We'll give it to the church. (laughs) Boom. It's just us. Can we be honest? Often, even though we say we believe in God and we believe he has done so much for us, often in our lives, God gets our leftovers. He gets our leftover time. He gets our leftover money. He gets our leftover energy. He gets our leftover effort. What would it mean for you, honestly, to make God first in your life? In Exodus, throw that passage up on the screen. Read it with me. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. God is not jealous of the things you have, but he is jealous of the things that have us. Amen. Let me give you one more. What does it mean to... Seek God with all of our heart. This one is really hard, but it means we let him in to our deepest pain and our darkest secrets. It means we let him in to our deepest pain and our darkest secrets. I have discovered on my journey with God 
at the places God most wants to go are the places I don't want to let him into. There are the places that I have shame, the places that I have fear. There are places that I have great pain or memories. And yet those are the places in our life that God most wants to go. Not to shame us, not to hurt us, not to tell us how bad we are. But God wants to go to those places so that he can heal us, so that he can make us whole. And I know that those aren't easy places to open up to God. But if you do, it'll be life-changing for you. Some of us are held captive by things that are in our past or things that we've done or, or things that have attached themselves to us that we can't seem to shake. But if you bring that into the light of God, everything changes this is a verse that Will's going to preach on. It's, one of, it's part of his life verse in just a few weeks. Throw it up here. Read it with me, church. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I have no doubt that there are some of us here this morning. That's the freedom we really need. Amen. Rachel, why don't you go ahead and Come on up. I'm going to ask my prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and take your place too. And uh, ushers, if you guys would get ready uh, to service communion, I'll ask you to go ahead and, and do that. I, I read this week something that I did not know. Um, Greyhound Bus Lines actually provides free tickets home for runaways. Uh, for the last 10 years, they have made available to uh, kids at a certain age between, I think, like 9 and 17 or something like that, that if, they want, if they've run away and they want to go home and there is someone there to receive them, that Greyhound Bus Lines will provide a free ticket from wherever they are so that they can come back. And when I read that, I, I just kind of sat back and I said, that's God. That's God. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth to buy your ticket home. And I know if you're like me, you don't feel worthy of that. You don't feel like you deserve that. But God in his mercy provides that. And this morning, as, as you hold these communion elements in your hand, that's your ticket. That little piece of bread, it represents a body. Jesus came to earth knowing exactly what was going to happen to him. And he came anyway. He loved you that much. That juice represents his blood that was spilt on your behalf. He Watch your ticket. So you could just open your arms to God and he'd welcome you back. You know, I wrote the other day in my devotion from John 1 and said, and Jesus came into the world 
and they didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and they rejected him. But as many as received him, as many as opened their arms to him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Your heavenly Father loves you more than you will ever be able to imagine. And my prayer for you as you start this new year is regardless of where you've been, come home. Step into the fullness of the life that God offers you. If you will seek me, you will find me when you search for me. All your heart. Now this morning, we're going to give you a chance for some personal time of worship. And as Rachel leads us in a song, and you'll have the communion elements. Maybe some of you, you might want to slip out. And you can come to the altar if you want a place that you can kneel and just begin this new year with a moment with God. You can do that. There may be some of you who would just like someone to pray with you. You'd like them to pray to help you put 2019 behind you. Some of you may want someone to pray with you to help you overcome something you're facing in 2020. Or maybe you just want to ask for God's healing or help and what you're finding ahead. We have prayer partners in all four corners of the room. And these are people who love you, people who would be more than happy to pray with you about whatever you've got on your mind. So while we're serving communion, if you would like someone to pray with you, you feel free to slip out and go to any one of them. and They'll be happy to pray with you about making this year absolutely the best year of your life. Father, how thankful we are that your word says your mercies are new every morning. And that today, we have the opportunity to write a brand new story by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we, we have to confess to you. I have to confess to you. When I've read, read my own life verse, I, I know that there are times when I have not sought you with all of my heart. At times I've sought you with part of my heart. And times I've kept you out of places that I didn't want you to go. And you teach me over and over again to really experience the fullness of who you are, all that you want to do. I've got to let you in, even to those places that I don't want to go. Oh, Lord, how thankful we are for your grace today. We hold in our hands this little wafer and this cup of juice that represents so much more. It's our ticket home. You said that... <laughs> As many as received them, to them he gave the right to be called the children of God. So, Father, today for all of us, we let go of the year behind us. We let go of the failures behind us. We let go of all the ways that we kept you at arm's distance behind us. And we step into this new year with a resolute fix on opening all of our heart to you. Lord, teach us what this means. Teach us how to, to not just read your word, but to hear what you're saying specifically to us. Teach us, Lord, how to make you a priority in our lives above all things. Teach us how to let you, Lord, into those deeper places where you really want to go and do your good work. Lord, we hold in our hands a reminder of how fully you have given yourself to us. Today, we give ourselves fully 
back to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.